Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Good afternoon. Again, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. I have our Dr. Roman here today. We have heard from Dr. Roman quite a bit, so I'm so happy to have you back on the show as always. Today we are going to talk about alpha-gal. And let's start from the very top. What is alpha-gal? Well, Kaylee, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for having me. And I think we're touching on a really important topic, kind of like you and I were talking about before we started recording. It's trending. You know, it's sort of, we're seeing it a lot. Uh, Some of us know what it is. Some of us don't. So so let's start at the top, exactly like you said. Um, What is alpha-gal? So alpha-gal is an allergy that develops after you've had a tick bite. I would say the average onset of the allergy is at least six weeks after a tick bite and beyond. So you might have had a tick bite six weeks ago. You might have had a tick bite six years ago. So the timing can be tricky as far as when the allergy develops. But the important part of the history is there's almost always a tick bite involved. And the reason I say almost always is some patients might not realize they've had a tick bite. Um, A lot of us don't realize that for some of chiggers is actually tiny ticks that are you know embedded in our skin so even if the patient does not recall a tick bite there has technically been a tick bite before alpha-gal develops does that make sense it does so any tick I mean you're looking at any Well, that's that's a great question. This is going to lead to so many more questions. It's actually from a tick called the Lone Star Tick. It's a deer tick, so um, it's very common in the state of Tennessee. I don't know about you, but at my house, I have anywhere from 8 to 12 deer in the backyard at any given time. So the Lone Star Tick is a deer tick, and that is the bite that you would have before the onset of alpha-gal allergy. Now, the allergy itself is an allergy to a carbohydrate portion on mammal meat. We think about meat being primarily protein, but this is actually a tiny carbohydrate portion that you develop an allergy to on mammal meat. And when I say mammal meat, that's always a question as well, right? So the main uh, mammal meat that is probably consumed uh, in the Southeast is beef and pork. So that would be your top one, cows and pigs. But you can't forget about things like lamb, deer, rabbit, squirrel. We've got a lot of hunters in our area, so we can possibly be exposed to other types of mammal meat, but I would say the most common are uh, beef and pork. Okay. Now, what do the symptoms look like for alpha-gal? Great question. So... The symptoms affect several different organ systems. So a lot of our patients, and I would honestly say most of our patients, have severe hives and itching as one of their symptoms. Other patients also have swelling. So lip swelling, throat swelling, tongue swelling. Those are common symptoms of alpha-gal. And then the other common symptom is severe vomiting or diarrhea nearly uncontrollable as though you you almost can't make it to the bathroom because the urge is um, so severe the thing that can go along with that is a drop in blood pressure so some of our patients do actually pass out uh, from a severe reaction but i would say the big things that a patient is going to notice are hives 
itching, swelling, and GI upset, either vomiting or diarrhea. And these symptoms sound very severe. These symptoms are more like call 911. Often, yes. If you catch it early after you've been diagnosed and maybe you have an accidental exposure, you might get away with some Benadryl. You might need to use an EpiPen at home. But I would say a very good portion of our patients have called 911 because of the severity of these symptoms. Now, one thing about the onset of these symptoms, Kaylee, that makes alpha-gal so unique but also frustrating for patients to really understand is that these symptoms don't come on within five to 30 minutes. It's not like you're eating a hamburger or a steak or a pork chop at a restaurant and on your way home, you get sick. That's really not how this happens. True alpha-gal symptoms come on about three to eight hours after you've eaten. So you've moved on to many other things about your day. Some of our patients, Kaylee, have gone to bed and have awakened in the middle of the night with these symptoms. And I would say those are the ones that tend to have to call 911. Um, you may have already eaten something else by the time the alpha-gal symptoms set in from something you ate four to eight hours earlier. So you can see that it's very tricky. And then finally, the, th the thing I'll say about what makes alpha-gal unique is unlike our peanut allergy patients, our shellfish allergy patients who typically get symptoms with any exposure. Alpha-gal patients don't always have a reaction every time they eat it. So that makes patients very tempted to keep trying and keep trying. But I always tell patients, it is such a danger to just try and hope that this is not the time that you'll have a reaction. Because if you do, as we just discussed, it can be severe, it can be life-threatening, and you could end up in the hospital after a reaction. Very scary. I think, honestly, just number one is to absolutely get your diagnosis before. So what does that look like? If yeah. someone comes in and has the history of alpha-gal, where do you go from there? Yeah, great question, Kaylee. So, um, if you've not yet been diagnosed, but you have these symptoms that we discussed, it's important to get in with your um, physician, your primary care provider, to get checked. And that um, alpha-gal allergy is only diagnosed through blood work. So there's no allergy skin test that can be done for this. Um, there's you know, no x-rays or any special imaging that you need for this, it's a blood test. So you would go into a provider, either your primary care, or certainly you could call an allergist office to see if you could be diagnosed there. But just so you're aware, it will be a blood test that you have done. And what do the levels look like if right. you're a true positive? Right. So the levels typically are very high if you have a true allergy. And uh, one thing that we should discuss, it's estimated through studies, through scientific medical studies that about one-fourth of the population, 20 to 25 percent, have an elevated alpha-gal level that's not significant. So there are many of us walking around that if we just had our blood checked, just for the fun of it, let's just see if we have this. Many of us do have it, but we call that an incidental finding, Kaylee. If you're not having symptoms of alpha-gal, it doesn't matter what your level is. You don't have to avoid it. It's those that have had true symptoms that we discussed earlier that have an elevated level that actually do need to avoid it. And while we're on the subject of symptoms and levels, let's talk about things that, are, that typically are not symptoms of alpha-gal because 
you know, a tick bite is worrisome. Um, lots of symptoms can come after a tick bite, but very few of those symptoms are actually related to alpha-gal. So unless you are an extremely rare case, and most of us are not rare cases, brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, acid reflux, those are not symptoms of alpha-gal. So those are certainly concerning and worrisome symptoms, but even if your alpha-gal level is elevated, if those are your only symptoms you're having, I'm gonna tell that patient that comes into me for my opinion, you don't need to be avoiding mammal meat. You're not having hives, itching, severe uncontrollable vomiting or diarrhea, swelling of the face, lip or tongue. You're not having those symptoms after alpha-gal. So lucky you, you don't have to avoid mammal meat, but you probably wanna check with your primary care doctor about what could these symptoms be coming from? Cause there are lots of tick illnesses that could be going on unrelated to alpha-gal allergy. Join us for the second half of this interview, available as a separate episode, as Dr. Roman discusses the management of symptoms for alpha-gal. Thank you again for listening to Let's Clear the Air. And remember, if you have allergies or asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.